Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today is a special episode, right? Episode 200. It's actually not episode 200 because there are three other episodes, so it's really 203. So you guys get no special episode. Well, let's try to think how it's special. It is 420, or it was 420 when I woke up. Yeah, that's right, this morning. Goddamn cat. And also... I had to get up early because I had not done this podcast. I did not do the newsletter yet. It would be nice to do those things on Thursday night, but all my days have been very long days. And then by shit, six, seven o'clock, my brain is not working that great. I am tired. I'm exhausted and just no desire to do this. So I was like, okay, I'll do it in the morning. So that is what I'm doing yesterday. And pretty much my new wake up time is five o'clock. Yesterday was awesome though. Well, it might've been the day before. I don't know. I get my days mixed up, but doing yoga in the morning, doing it at like five fifteen until six and I have some more time to write. And then the kids get up at six 45, seven o'clock. So Gives me time to get my shit done to get a good start to the day. It's been a very productive week, pretty awesome week. A couple hard conversations here and there, but everything's awesome. So definitely in a much, much different place, different mindset, way more hopeful, happy. And uh, yeah, so a lot of it was just getting through whatever the depression and all that shit was. But the other part is, yeah, now I'm regularly working out again. I'm doing my breathing exercises again, going into the pool a little bit more. Well, I was talking with friends, had an awesome talk with my buddy Carl last week. Part of it was personal stuff. The other part, I'm excited about his book, his father photos project. So that is up and running again. He's motivated. He's talented. He's going to put out a really good book. And that was one of the problems I was having. Not a problem I was having with him, not even a frustration, but just understand like oh man and and this is something i just want for him i don't care about it for myself whatsoever i just want him to have this i think it'd be super cool to put this out i think it'd be good for the world so i think that's a really cool project i'm glad that we're talking about it and that he is going to put it out so that's awesome what else is awesome all kinds of stuff i don't even know where to start well yesterday i had a pretty amazing talk with a literary agent the second one i've had Nothing's official yet, but we're talking about the Try Not to Die series and how to sell that to a publisher. So we have a game plan. We are changing things up a little bit. I will still be releasing the books as is for now. You know, book The Wild West, that'll be coming out paperback soon. I still got to do all the formatting and all that stuff. It's started, but man, with my mind, I was like, okay, I need to finish Duncan's reading through his main pass again, finish up that, and then I can go do some formatting. But wait, I still have some death scenes, and oh shit, I still need to fix a death fest, and there's still the band members we don't have and some of the songs, and then I got to go back. And so, but anyhow, five, six, and seven, so Wild West, Death Fest, Ghostland, those will also be coming out relatively soon. We're going to figure out what's happening with all the other ones, and this is if this happens, you know, this if we were to sell a six book deal, longer books, and just a little bit different, a little bit better, more exciting, well thought out. Not that these ones aren't, but they would just be different. And these ones will be a little bit longer. So don't know what's going to happen with that. But again, it's also cool either way. That's one of the things I was telling my wife. I was excited about just what a what a cool conversation it is, what a possibility. 
so that was pretty cool but in my mind I'm like okay you know what i'm determined to be successful it'd be really awesome really helpful to have someone guide me show me what to do tell me what to do help manage stuff but if it doesn't happen it's quite all right because i i, I see the trajectory i see where it's going i see all of that but honestly what got me most excited about the conversation with this agent yesterday was just what kind of person she was just incredibly nice incredibly caring it wasn't fake i'd already had recommendations about and we already had a conversation but just super personal and that's what i was telling i was like that's the kind of people i want to work with i don't want to work with assholes i don't want to work with anyone that's got negative energy i don't want to work with any jerks i don't want you know that goes for creating co-creating hanging out if my friends are gonna be all negative it's like no that's not what i need i don't want i don't want to be around anger i don't want to be around tension i understand people will have that stuff and sometimes i'll listen to my friends that are angry just as they'll listen to me when i'm angry but if i'm going to be hanging out if i'm going to be spending time with someone that person is going to be positive. I don't have time for negativity. I don't have time for any of that. You know, I think some of my, maybe some of my later podcasts, it could be taken negative. But again, I'm not bitching. I'm not saying I'm the fucking victim of these things. I'm saying this is what I'm dealing with. Here's how we deal with it. I'm only doing that because I want others to know they're not alone. Because I honestly believe so many of us have mental health problems, but everyone just puts that shit down. Oh, I'm fine. 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 So that's that. But again, it is what it is. Oh, before I forget, damn, I do this all the time. Please, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. That would be awesome. I need to pick up my YouTube subscribers, pick up my podcast subscribers. I'm going to be launching a very cool 10 email welcome series. So my welcome series for my newsletter, I thought it was pretty good. But there was so much missing. I hired a company to help me fix it up, to make it look a lot better, to make it much cooler, direct people to the right books for them. And so that should be coming out pretty soon. And then I'm going to be running a bunch of contests because I want to increase my newsletter subscribers. So very important thing. That is all happening. That is all going to take place really soon. Very excited about that. Today at the end of the episode, we have a short story. You know what? It's coming from Untold Mayhem instead of Twisted Reunion. I was tired of trying to remember which of the stories I shared on Twist Reunion. I didn't want to go back through old episodes and look. So we're going with Untold Mayhem. And we're going to go with the first story. That one is in the cards. So stick around for that. <clears throat> and then as far as any kind of free book or discount, I believe all we have this week is, I should say all we have. It's pretty cool. TBI or CT is only 99 cents. I believe it's like that for the next couple of days. So that's in the US and the UK. If you can't get that discount, I apologize if you can't get it at the cheap price, but I think it's also worth it. So if you have any kind of brain injury, if you have any kind of mental health issues, struggle, whatever you want to call it, brain health, it might be helpful. So you can check that out. That is on Amazon, and you can get the paperback or audiobook as well. Talking about TBI or CTE, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough subject. That one's still, as far as TBI or CTE goes in my life right now, I've toned down looking at it on Twitter and Facebook, looking at videos, looking at like the power slap, looking at how kids are doing that shit now. And I'm sure they were doing it before, but now it's even that much more justified because they're seeing that shit on TV. So high school kids, younger kids are standing in front of each other now and hitting each other in the face as hard as possible, slapping each other. Again, 
something stupid that for sure I would have done. I'm sure I've done. But, man, now we know that this shit is damaging. Now we know tackle football for kids is damaging. But parents don't seem to know this. Parents don't want to know this. Parents don't seem to care. Coaches don't seem to care. Fucking, they're going to go with whatever Pop Warner or whatever agency says that, oh, well, it was not completely sure he had, you know, there's no proof that it really, really causes, you know, this damage, you know, book, it really might, but, but there's no real, real proof yet. So that's what you're putting your kids into. I used to pussyfoot around it and, you know, not want to upset people for making certain decisions with their kids. And again, it's your kid, but... If you're fucking them up, you're the one that's going to have to live with that. And they're the ones that are going to have to live with it. And again, you could probably fix it unless it's something like second impact syndrome where they end up dying, you know, something super rare, but everything else is probably fixable. But again, if you're the kind of parent who doesn't know these things, if you're the kind of parent who's just going to listen to a pop corner coaches organization who says that this is safe, same goes with other sports where there's contact, but you know, man. So again, it's early in the morning. I don't want to get upset about it, but that definitely is a sore spot for me. And, and for so many people that have TBIs and that have lived a shitty life and that are struggling every fucking day because of whatever the sport they played. So I see those stories all the time. Maybe you don't. Maybe that's not on your radar. Maybe it's something that you could check out and look into. New York has proposed a bill in New York I'm excited about, which would actually ban tackle football for kids because they know that it's dangerous. They know that it's harmful to these kids. And so they're trying to get it to be stopped because it is not a good thing. So if kids do not have the ability to say, you know, they don't have the ability to say, oh, I want to smoke a cigarette right now. I want to drink alcohol right now. We have said those things are too dangerous for them. But go ahead, Johnny, fucking bang your head into the wall. You know, hit this kid as hard as you can. So whatever, guys. I don't want to get into it. Let's keep this shit positive. Let's keep this rolling. (laughs) Sorry for a little rant. But again, sore subject. And only because I care about other people. You know, it's not that... Not that I hate football. I fucking love football. I play football. I enjoy football. Not that I hate fighting. But again, if you're under 14 for sure, do not take any hits to the head. Don't spar. Don't do any of that stuff. But again, a kid is not going to make those decisions. A kid does not have the ability to make those kinds of decisions. I didn't make good decisions at all when I was a kid. I was fucking hitting myself in the head. I didn't care. It was just a sign of being tough. I was like, oh, yeah, I could take that. You know, and especially when you have coaches that, shit, you just got your bell rung. You don't even know what the hell's going on. And they're yelling at you to get up and fucking do it again. So, all right, let's leave it at that. <laughs> got myself a little too angry. It's because I didn't smoke weed this morning. Right when I woke up at 420, should have been a sign to smoke some cannabis. But, no, it's a little bit too early in the day for me. I might wait until after this. But, no, actually, I will wait until... Right before yoga, after I dropped off the kids, I'm going to go over to my buddy's house, do some yoga. Before that, I will probably smoke. It enhances it sometimes, helps me slow down, helps me calm down after the drive with all these inconsiderate parents at my daughter's high school. <sighs> Man. But proud of myself. I still have not gotten out of my car and asked people what the fuck they're thinking or what they're doing or what makes them so special about cutting through lines and risking people's, you know, r- I saw someone almost get hit yesterday. And then I also saw a mom drop off her little kid, like probably six years old. This is at my son's school. She must have been six. She stops at the stop sign, 
every, there's cars everywhere. You're supposed to pull over, but she lets her kid out at the stop sign. Doesn't care how long it takes. The kid looks scared. I see the kid's eyes. Doesn't know what the hell to do. But the mom, she was in a rush. So she just drops her kid off, stops everything, completely selfish, not caring about her kid, hoping the kid will get across the street and everything else fine. But again, not my kid. I can't control it. So just try to make good decisions, right? I guess that's all we can do. And and shit, I make tons of terrible decisions with my kids, with myself. You know, I shouldn't judge, I guess. I guess that's what it comes down to. And just really not knowing another person's situation and honestly not caring because I'm not going to change that person. I'm not going to protect that kid. I'm not going to do it. So why get upset about it, right? Because it doesn't help. Oh, back to the TBI thing. Back to all the stuff I'm working on, how to lower that reaction, how to lower the defensiveness, how to increase my resiliency. So in addition to everything else, I think I mentioned last week about going to get my brain scanned at Vital Head and Spine, brain mapped, I guess I should say, for this is to get a reading on everything. We'll compare it to the old maps, and then we'll see what areas of the brain we're going to be working on, if it needs work. I'm pretty sure it does. So I've already accepted before I even talked to Dr. Licata today. I've already accepted. I'm probably going back in for a while. But and another thing that I'm going to be doing for a while probably is therapy. I went on Wednesday. I saw Mark Harris, who I had mentioned in TBI or CTE. He had helped me look at my triggers before. It was very helpful. So it was really cool to go back in, talk to him. You know, last time I saw him was December, right before the pandemic. So there was a lot of shit to cover. There's an hour of talking, even just going over what it was like in the pandemic, because he was telling me just how many people he has seen that have all these issues and they have no idea. They had no idea that it was all tied to what the fuck happened during the pandemic, all that fear, all the shit with the family, all that kind of stuff. So and that was really good. Gave me some really good tips. And I'm excited to continue that. So yeah, I'm making a commitment to improve myself, not just for myself, but for my family and for my friends. And if I'm improved, maybe it'll be good for you as well. Maybe I won't be saying so angry on here. Maybe I'll be happier. Maybe I'll be funnier. And that's one thing I'm very proud of too. Before this, I had a podcast called Unlocking. I never really took it too seriously, but I was doing it. It was building, it was building, it was getting better, better. And I got to episode 113. I think that's right when Unlocking the Cage came out, maybe around then, but whatever it was, I went into a really bad depression and just shut shit down. Didn't tell anyone why I was stopping the podcast, just eh, no more. I don't plan on doing that with this. And since I've been going, what is that, four years straight? So that's awesome. So despite feeling like shit sometimes despite being angry, despite it being, you know, four something in the morning and just knowing that I got to do this and something else. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm proving to myself that I can be consistent despite any setbacks and that this is important to me. So, and I think that's great to be able to show my son, well, both of my kids and be like, yeah, it's like, you know what? I don't always want to do it. Lots of times I don't want to do it, but I'm making this commitment and I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my career. I know it's good for me just to talk. This is another form of therapy for me. So I appreciate you listening and hopefully you do get something good from it. Hopefully something I say maybe spark something. I bet, and I apologize, but sometimes I'm sure I trigger you a little bit with some of my judgment calls. You know, maybe you see some of the things that I really don't like about myself and other people. Maybe you also see that in yourself. And you're like, oh, maybe I should change that too because, yeah, we might have our reasons. Like, 
you know, all the TBIs, I'm not blaming that for my behavior. All the TBIs probably contributed, well, all the TBIs contributed to my emotional regulation being severely underfunctioning. So that means when I hit a certain stress level, I'm not making good decisions, but I can do so much other stuff to work on how I am reacting when I, when I do hit that stress level and I kind of lose, it's like, okay, well, how are we going to handle it? What are we doing to minimize that? You know, to one, to make sure it doesn't happen. And then when it does happen, that we're making better choices. So anyhow, I'm going to stop talking because I want to edit this. I want to put it out. I want to get the newsletter done and I want to do this all before seven o'clock when my son comes down to cuddle with me on my chair and then I get him breakfast ready, take him to school, all that good stuff. All right, guys, I hope you have an incredible day. I plan on having an incredible day myself. So let's go out on this. This story is in the cards. I have no idea who narrated it because this is a multicast of untold mayhem. And I didn't check to see who narrated this story. But I hope you enjoy it. It'll, the notes will probably have the name if I get to that. And uh, yeah. All right, guys, have an incredible week. And I will talk to you later. Peace. In the cards. This neighborhood is all palm trees and plush lawns. The street's quiet. Kids are at school, adults at work. Real jobs making real money. Not $50 here and there, maybe a few hundred at a party reading people's fortunes. I've been sitting here five minutes, but it's 10 o'clock. Time to perform. My selenite necklace warms my hand as I rub it between my thumb and forefinger. I lock on my eyes in the rearview mirror and tell myself, believe. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, doesn't matter what they say. Just believe. My smile feels genuine. My eyes are brighter blue. I pick up my purse and hope Jill won't spot it's a knockoff. My silk pouch is in there, on top of the yellow pepper spray Fernando insists on. He doesn't doubt my judgment, only my ability to protect myself. It's the same reason he carries his own canister. With my luck, the spray will leak all over my purse, so I toss it into the glove box. It slides off the yellowed owner's manual and slips beside a sprig of sage. I can't let fear control me. The glove box doesn't latch that great anymore and pops right open. I try again, and it stays until I shut the car door. There's no time for this, so I head up the driveway, past the Range Rover, the sun sparkling off its dazzling white exterior. My rusty red hatchback's an embarrassment. Same one I was so proud of back when I was 18. I try not to notice the details so they won't cloud my judgment and alter the reading. But it's hard not to. It's bad enough that Jill already told me her husband is a sheriff. But now here's a house we could never afford on Fernando's teaching salary and a car we couldn't lease. I blow out a deep breath and knock on the door. Heavy thuds approach and a man says, Just a second. The man who opens the door is a head taller than me with short brown hair and a crisp blue button-down hugging his muscular frame. He offers his hand and a straight smile. Gwen. 
I'm Robbie. Come on in. Thank you so much for having me. The entryway is lined with photos of Robbie and Jill in different locales, drinks in hand in every one. Jill is the one you should thank. She couldn't stop talking about how amazing you were. Well, I'm glad you're up for it. Have you done this before? Virgin. Robbie walks me past the stairs leading down, then points at the mahogany table in the dining room. Will this work? This is perfect. I pull out the chair that faces the fireplace, set the purse by my feet. Will Jill be joining us? I ask Robbie, who has walked into the adjoining kitchen. Everything in the kitchen is shiny black tile and silver appliances. With his hand on the fridge, Robbie says, She's out running errands. Sorry, I figured she would have mentioned it in her texts. I pick up the purse, set it on the table, and take out the pouch. Oh, it's no problem. I just assumed she'd be here. He opens the fridge and asks what I'd like. Got beer, coolers, soda? Thanks, but I'm all set. Robbie walks over with a Corona and says, Yes, it's early, but I work graveyard and just cut off. He picks up a deck of cards from the counter and holds it so I can see the Norse god on the cover. Should we use these? I just bought them yesterday at a New Age store. Man, I felt like a nutcase walking through there. I smile to hide the hurt and make it seem as if it's a joke when I say, a feeling I know all too well. Oh, I didn't mean anything by it. It comes with the territory. Nutcase, certifiable, going to hell, scammer, praying on the weak. Everyone's got their opinion. I almost say something about Fernando not believing, but don't want Robbie judging me and my relationship with my husband. He sits across from me and drinks from the bottle. Well, I promise you'll get none of that from me. That's sweet of you, but we better wait to see how you feel when I'm done. I slip the cards out of the pouch, and if you don't mind, I'd prefer using my set. The reading will be more accurate. Not at all. He nods at the cards. Are those the ones you used for Jill? I shuffled the deck and set it in front of him. Yep, it's the only one I use. My teacher said to connect with one set and stick with it. So far, so good with this one. Like I said, Jill was impressed. She kept talking about it, said we were in for a big change. His eyes are hard, yet kind, capable of fun. If I had to guess, they'd seen death. But he was still happy and living, not simply surviving. I ask, Do you have any questions before we start? Do you need these to see my future? I've heard some people can tell what a person is all about just by looking at them. One of my friends can see auras, but I've never had that ability. And as for the cards, I'm not predicting your future as much as helping you examine yourself. Great. My least favorite activity, he says with a smile. Think of it as a dialogue between you and the images and messages tied to them. Got it. Robbie takes another swig of beer. Do I respond to your answers? It's your session, so feel free to do as you like. Although you'd probably be more likely to accept truths if you don't feed me any details. We can just let the cards do the talking. 
He takes a drink, but keeps his eyes on me. Did Jill tell you anything? It's hard to remember, especially with so many readings one after another. Lots of times the thoughts leave me as soon as the energy changes. I'm sure that's a good thing. I wouldn't want to walk around with everyone else's thoughts filling my head. I hate this part, because I know it sounds crazy, but it's something I need to do. Do you give me permission to access whatever energy comes to me? Absolutely. He takes a quick drink and says, You haven't been doing it already? Is there an on-off switch? Sort of, but no one can see it. I close my eyes and pray to my guardian angel, ask for guidance and clarity. If I walk around this open, I'd be a basket case within the week. Wow, he says, sounding like he's just being polite. The house seems colder than it had been. I would have chalked it up to the air conditioning kicking on if it weren't for the accompanying image of a baseball bat. You okay? He asks. You shivered. I say I'm fine. Did you happen to play baseball? Hey, that's no fair, he says with a smile. There's my college photo in the hallway. That must be it, I say, figuring the photo got picked up by my subconscious. All right, if you're ready to do this, please tap the top of the deck three times to clear the energy. Like this? You're a natural. Go ahead and shuffle the deck. If there's a question you'd like answered, please think of it now, but keep it to yourself. Done. Robbie shuffles the cards like a professional poker player and sets them back down. Now, one at a time, pick five cards and place them face down. First in the middle, then left, right, below, and above. With no hesitation, Robbie lays out all five. Ignores the thump that sounds like it came from below us. I point to the first card and say... This one represents your present situation or your question, something you're dealing with. When I lay my hand on it, I'm hit with another image of a bat. But don't say anything and turn the card over. Robbie says, Oh, swords. Like Jill's. You're right, page of swords she got. This one is the knight. Pretty badass. The card depicts a strong man on horseback, weapon at the ready, crows flying overhead, I haven't met a man who didn't like that card. The knight is bold, courageous, and confident. He'll sacrifice anything to achieve his goal. Before I can warn him about the negative aspects like self-obsession, craftiness, tyranny, he says, makes perfect sense. I place my hand on the card to the left. This card is past influences that are still affecting you. As I flip it, I'm hit with an image of a shattered mirror. The Nine of Swords. Does it matter if it's upside down? Actually, this one is right side up. The knight was reversed, but in this deck we can disregard direction. So what's this tell you? Doesn't look so good. The Nine is sorrow and pain, worry and anxiety, misery and unhappiness. He's shaking his head like none of those apply. I say, could also be trials and tribulations, something you have to go through to grow. I've had my share of those. You wouldn't believe the stuff I've seen at the jail. Oh, I'm sure. It could be something even earlier, too. Maybe childhood. My guardian angel flashes a body lying on a hardwood floor. Perhaps a death in the family. 
Robbie scratches his chin. Can't think of anyone. All right, we'll move on, I say, not letting it shake my confidence. The third card signifies the future, what will come of the situation. What, no sword? He says, having fun with it. Four of cups, this is a good one. Means you're in for a spiritual awakening. Uh, I'm not sure how likely that is. I don't even know if I'm capable. Gently, so he knows it's not an attack, I ask, Why would you say that? There's another thump from below. But he doesn't seem to notice and says, I'm an atheist. Have been since I was old enough to make up my own mind. Spiritual doesn't mean you have to believe in God or spirits or anything like that. Okay. As long as I'm not going to start doing yoga and burning incense all day. I give a little laugh and tap the four. You can also think of it as help coming from a powerful source or a different approach to a new problem. New relationship possibilities. He's smiling, looking right at me. Well, we might need to check with Jill first. I tuck my hair behind my ear and pray I'm not blushing. Back to business, I move to the fourth card. Now, the reasons or causes that led you to your situation. I flip the card, which is also reversed. This is another powerful one. The moon signifies transition, emerging talent, psychic powers, solitude, peace. Robbie stares at the card, his forehead wrinkled. Hmm? Well, it could also reveal obstacles in your way of achieving what you want. It goes with the Nine of Swords and can tell us more about the past event. Okay, he says, not looking very impressed. Last one. I lay my hand on the card, blocking the unsettling feeling in my gut. I flip the card and say, This is what will happen if you stay on your current path. His smile says he's pleased with the reversed card. Sweet. I'm gonna turn into Gandalf. I can see why Jill said he was charming. The magician, very powerful male. Creativity, inventiveness, imagination, confidence, wisdom. Although you do have to be careful it doesn't lead to the negative aspects. Which are? Well, the magician is not always a good person and is known for using his power to commit wrongs. I'm one of the fairest guards in the jail. Perhaps it's not about your job. Do you have power anywhere else? Over anyone? He shakes his head. The important thing to remember is just how these cards all relate to one another. So what do they tell you? Well, the overall result could be a couple of things depending on your question. If it's... An even louder thud from below stops me. Did you hear that? Probably one of the cats. There's an orange tabby at its water bowl, a fat gray one on the couch. How many do you have? Two. There's another thump, this one vibrating through the floor. Goosebumps spread down both arms, my angel bringing back the image of the bat. Someone's down there. The house is silent, both of us listening. Robbie says, must be a pipe or something. I get up and walk over to the staircase leading down. I steady my voice and call down, Who's there? No response. I wait for Robbie to call me crazy, but he keeps it to himself and joins my side. He says, 
I've actually been hearing noises the last few nights. My spirit sense is tingling. My body filled with dread. What's down there? My little man cave, TV, and a bar is about it. I nod down the stairs. Can we? Of course. He leads the way, but even with all his muscles, I'm not so sure he can protect us. There's something down here, and it's angry. We enter the small room. A large TV above the fireplace, a wooden bat on the mantel. I stop in the doorway because, although I can't see anything, there's no ignoring the enraged presence in the middle of the room. Robbie glances back at me. You okay? You look like you saw a ghost. I don't want him to think I'm nuts, but this is why I was called here. My chance to save a soul. There's something... It's furious. He faces the fireplace. Where? I close my eyes and focus on the energy. I reopen them and say, A foot in front of you, all I see is red. I'd step back. He does. But he takes his time to show he's not afraid. I remember the sage in my glove box. I'm gonna run to my car. Don't move. Just keep repeating these words. Surround me fully and completely. Remove this spirit from my house. I shout it again as I run up the stairs and out the door. My fight or flight fully kicked in. I grab the sage and lighter from the open glove box, the pepper spray flying out the door and rolling under the car. The spray won't help, so I race back inside and down the stairs, holding my necklace, repeating my mantra, protect me. Robbie's standing right where I left him, not saying a word. A large mirror frame I hadn't noticed before is resting against the wall to his right. The glass removed. I light the sage and enter the room, my shoes clacking on the hardwood. Surround me fully and completely. Remove this spirit from my house. He's looking a bit to the right, where I sense the red blob of energy. He asks, What is it? The energy is lashing out in wide arcs, hard enough to disturb the smoke from the sage. It wants to hurt you. It's attached to you, maybe something from your work. Without looking at me, he says, Could it be a prisoner? I repeat the prayer while making the sign of the cross with the sage. Maybe, I don't know. What should I do? He sounds nervous now. Is it saying anything? Say the prayer with me. Robbie joins the next round, then asks, Is it leaving? I make three more crosses, feel the spirit calming. It's a woman. Robbie turns to me, his face like stone. This is crazy. I'm receiving a message, but it's weak and garbled, maybe nothing more than my imagination. I close my eyes and try to tap into it. Warn you. Warn you. Hold on, I I'm getting something. There's a familiar energy I can't place. She was betrayed. Robbie backs up to the doorway, his nervousness replaced by anger. What's that lying bitch telling you? The spirit says run. But Robbie's blocking the only exit. An image of a steel pole with a hook at the end comes to me. I don't know what it is. But I understand I'm in danger. Actually... I was wrong. It, it's a man. He's saying he used to be your friend? 
Now we got two lying bitches. My phone's in my purse upstairs. But even if it was in my hand, there's no way I could dial 911 before he jumps me. An image of a roaring fire fills my mind. This is all your fucking fault, he says. His voice is so dark. Jill wouldn't have gone snooping if it weren't for your reading. I turn to the fireplace and grab the poker beside it. Just let me leave. There's nothing here. No one would believe me. I've got no idea if it's my guardian angel or Jill's spirit, but someone's showing me a home run. The ball flying out of the park. Robbie says, last chance. Put that down. Now. The energy rushes past me and collides with Robbie, the force knocking him back a step, his hands covering his face. Nice try, bitch. He lowers his hands, his eyes going wide when he sees me mid-swing, the poker flying for his face. The sharp hook of the poker buries deep in his skull, the thud vibrating up my arms. I let it go, but it stays embedded, hanging awkwardly from the side of his head. Robbie opens his mouth to speak, but nothing comes out. The ball of energy circles in front of him and knocks him backward, sending him crashing to the floor. All my strength leaves me as I collapse on the recliner. The image of a cheering crowd dying down. Until the only thing left is the plop, plop, plop of blood. <laughs>